setting up the 18th AFL franchise in a region not familiar with the code was never going to be easy. Strong leadership was going to be required to face the challenges that came along in the early years of growth and transformation. The Leaders podcast speaks with the people who've shaped this club and have helped play key roles the club has grown from not just a men's football team, but to now include an AFL women's side as well as Giants netball. When people speak of a football club, they often think of kicks and handballs, but the Giants have quickly grown to be so much more than that. Welcome to The Leaders. Kim, thank you for coming along. Um, you came across to the Giants, you appointed first captain of the of the new team, and then what happened? Yeah, I think it was a bit of a whirlwind. I had played most of my career at another club and Julie gave me the phone call to say that she was thinking of coming over to um, the other club. We didn't know what it was going to be called at the time and she said to me, I refuse to come back to New South Wales if I have to coach against you, so will you be in my team? <laughs> and um, at that time, we're going into finals for my other club that I was playing for, so I was like, I kind of have to put on hold, but I think it's definitely a possibility. And I went home to my husband that night and said, I'm playing for another team next year. And he was like, so, sorry, what do you mean? Um, and, yeah, so I think the rest was history. I had my, my head set on following Jules wherever she went and she's such an icon in netball and yeah I made the big transition over to the orange dress and um, I didn't know how I was going to work with my fake tan to be honest I think that was one of our main issues. <laughs> orange is, how, is a hard colour. It is a very hard <laughs> colour. Um, but, but a good colour we might have to point out. It's a strong colour yes. um, and as it turns out it makes our fake tan look really good on court as well <laughs> so um, no the colours are great and yeah, made the, the big transition over and was about five weeks into the season and um, tore my ACL. And I, I guess for me, I had had such a good pre-season. We had such a, a big hype around the team. Um, the club here at Giants was so fantastic in welcoming us to to the bigger family, I guess. And um yeah, for me to go down with an ACL, I was like, oh, goodness, like it was such a good start. But um, I also knew that with the foundations that were put down with both what Jules had worked hard for and Dave Matthews and Carolyn Campbell, all three of them together, I knew that I was in good hands. So Okay. <laughs> so when you yeah when you made that decision to come over, how, yeah, how much did you know? Was it basically that Julie was going to be coach and that was it at that, at that early stage? I think they called it the the second team like and it was in (laughs) inverted commas the second Second team team. they didn't have a name they didn't have colors they didn't know um I think the um the licenses were still sort of getting sorted out as to what that would look like so when Jules said yeah I was going to be the second team I was like okay well I've only played for the other team for 14 (laughs) years so um this maybe a make or break decision for me and coming to the back end of my career I I was a little bit I guess um I wasn't at ease with shifting and not knowing a whole lot about what it was or who it was or um I just knew Julie Fitzgerald was there and uh, like to be honest like um 
I trust Jules with my life. Um, and I tell Jules all of my um, personal secrets um, that no one else knows. So I, like, I think she's someone to trust. And when she said she was going to try and make something of this team, I knew I had to be there. Yeah. You must, yeah, you must have an amazing relationship. You've known each other for a long, long time. Very you? long time. Yeah. Um, Jules first met me when I was 15. Um, a little bit of a rat bag. Uh, well, a lot of a rat bag. And I was playing with her daughter in a Catholic school state team and I was actually playing shooter with her daughter in the circle, so I'm not a shooter now. Um, I still try and put my hand up at training if she needs, but, uh, yeah, met me when I was a real young 15-year-old, brought me into a couple of um, Sydney Swift sessions that she was the coach of at the time just for numbers, um, and I selected two weeks later. So, um, yeah, very long career with Jules and someone that, is just a huge mentor in my life. Yeah, well, you must, yeah, that's a, that's a lot of trust to have to make that such a big call at that point in your career because yeah. you knew that if she'd made the decision, it was, it was going to probably be a good one. Yeah, and if you ask any player that's been under Jewel, she has such a nurturing way about her and I knew that in the back end of my career, I kind of needed that. Um, it's funny, it's, it almost comes full circle. As a young kid, you need that nurturing, but as an older player, you need that nurturing too for different reasons. For me, it was my body, um, you know, it's not a, it's not a 20-year-old body anymore. It's a little bit older and, um, you know, little things do pop up and I needed someone that understood that it was okay for me not to do everything, although I do everything now. I don't know how that's worked, but, um, but also that... Yeah, like I, I needed a little bit of mental nurturing as well in the fact that getting my life on track and um, my, I guess, my exit out of netball to be smooth and also to have someone that was really honest with you. And I think that's really hard to find sometimes in coaches that someone's going to sit down and actually say, look, it's you need to tap out now, it's it's time or um, no, you've got a few more good years left in you. And yep. I, th- I think having someone that's um, going to be honest with you, even though it may hurt, is really important. So that's what I was looking for. Yeah, absolutely. What about being captain? Was that something that was, yeah, meant a lot to you to come over and not only be a part of it here, but to actually help shape what this club or what the team became about? Yeah, it's interesting. When um, I sat down with her, she was like, okay, well, you know, I want to make you the, the leader and the captain of the team. And I was like, oh, Jules, like I've been doing it for a long time. I think maybe it's someone, it's <laughs> someone like else's an turn. opportunity for a young one to come through. And she was like, if we're starting a new club, there's no chance you're, you're going to be our captain. And um, it was a, a huge honour, I think, um, for her. Um, she had seen me as a young leader back in the day, um, hadn't coached me as a, a captain or a vice captain. Yep. Um, I was only in the leadership group when I was in her team previously. So um, I guess she's just seen what I was able to do from afar as a leader and I guess she had to put a lot of trust in me that I was making the right decisions and um, I was here for the right reasons as well. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of trust put in both of us to be able to create something together which is really cool yeah that's an interesting point although she spent that much time with you she hadn't actually seen you on on a day-to-day basis sort of functioning (laughs) that in that role our our relationship was over whatsapp (laughs) most of um you know the last five years before her heading back so she was over in new zealand 
coaching the magic over there. So, but I'd keep in contact almost weekly with her. Um, and, you know, if I was dragged one week, she'd be like, it's okay, you did a really good job. <laughs> so she was still really supportive. But, um, yeah, a lot of trust put in me too. Yeah. How has the way that she has coached you impacted the way that you captain, the way that you lead and the things that are important to you as a leader? Uh, I think Jules has given me um, a softer version of myself. Um, for me, I've grown up in a family that very competitive, um, but also very. We've got very strong women in our family that you know really like punch forward with life. Um, and, and I've got a brother as well who does exactly the same. So we're all four children that are just um, bullet gate at things. And I think Jules has such. Um, a well-balanced view of people. Uh, I think she doesn't judge them early. She allows them to um, sit in the pocket for a little bit and um, I guess her understand them a little bit more before she makes critical decisions and I think she has been able to mould that into the way I lead. Um, Something that I knew was a weakness for me in my early days as a leader um, I thought that, you know, if this is the way I do it, why doesn't everyone else do it this yeah. way? Or why doesn't everyone else want to be as committed as I am? Or, um, But it's a different way of showing commitment. And um, she showed me uh, how to bring that the best out of players um, that have got different ways of showing it. But um, she's also made me realise that, yeah, not everyone's the same. Yeah. Just very important, as it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? Yeah. Um, what about the difference between um, leading? Like you've, you've captained different teams at different levels. I'm just interested in the difference between being a leader at at your club like, and then going into the national um, team and, and doing the job up there. Are there differences in the things that you have to do or be when you're at that level compared to that level? Yeah, there's a huge difference. I think uh, as a domestic team, you're constantly setting standards um, from the start and you have a good eight months to try and finish off the product pretty yeah. much. You, you're sort of working for eight months to get that right and when you go into an Aussie environment, it's very different. You have about five weeks um, as, as long as your campaign almost goes for and you have to start shifting things pretty quickly. And I think um, one of the biggest things that I've learned not just in um, sport but in business as well, is people knowing their roles. And I think at a domestic level, a lot of players know their role within the team because you have so long to nurture them through that um, and have a really good understanding of where they sit amongst the team and how they can, I guess, give back to the team. Uh, in the Diamonds environment, you've got you've got the best of the best sitting there, some on the bench. So they've got they've both got different... I guess, positives and negatives to it. Um, I mean, in the Diamonds, you know that you can rotate and every single one of those players are just going to go out there and bullet a gate because that's what you, that's what they do. Um, but you also have the issues of should I be on the bench? What should I be doing better? I'd start at home. Like, why can't I get a gig here? Yeah. And it's also – it's not just the demand. It's also the questioning of if they're good enough because um, they probably haven't had to do that previously. So it's almost reminding them that you're still a very good player. It's just 
you're better at this and this player's better at that. So it's been able to to manage and balance that as well. So there's still anxieties, they're just different. Yeah, different. And um, I guess one environment's not better than the other. It's just a matter of having the right people to lead it in the coaching staff, um, the management staff, but also your leaders in the team. Yeah, absolutely. What about coming here to the Giants and and being part of a new team? Like, Are, are there any challenges you've had here that have been new and different and just unique to the fact that it's a, a startup startup club? Um, other than everyone saying that we get more because we're part of an AFL team, that's been interesting. Um, I think the thing that a lot of people forget is that we're still um, owned by Netball New South Wales. Um, we're another franchise of the Swifts, essentially. And um, we're, we're just very fortunate that we have another family on top of that we can come over here, have coffee, sit in the cafe all hours of the day, annoy everyone, um, but also be able to connect with two other teams and um, in the men's program and the women's program. So in terms of challenges, uh, to be honest, it's been pretty it's been pretty cool so far. I think um, our program benefits so much from being a part of a bigger family um, it's bigger than netball and I think, you know, it's like any sport. You can get so stuck in your little world thinking that, you know, netball is life but then you come in here and you've got two other sporting programs going on at the same time and you're seeing people work tirelessly behind the scenes here um, and you understand there's probably a different world out there which is really cool too. I was going to say, what have you picked up just from from being around other athletes? I guess you would have already done that um, at other times but... Yeah, to see what the AFL guys do, to see what the AFL women's team is sort of dealing with to, to get out on the field every weekend. Has it, yeah, just been interesting to have a look at how they sort of function? Like I suppose every sport and every team's got its own sort of rhythm and way of doing things. Um, just to get a look at that. Yeah, it was Yeah, it was actually very interesting. I think we, um, as, as much as we're full-time, full-time, inverted commas, um, Athletes, we we train three hours a day essentially, and then we head home. And maybe on a Thursday we have massage and a few different rotations with coaches and things like that. But that's our long day. But to see the men's program in particular full time, where you know they're in, I'm not certain what time they come in, but you see them all day essentially, um, and they're doing all different. Uh, types of training at different times. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I often think, would netballers be able to do that? Um, I don't know if our attention span, I think coffee and lunch is a priority for us. Um, so we would need a few breaks to be able to get through. But yeah, it's. I think it's been really cool to be able to just even converse with the other athletes and have a good sit down, have lunch with some um, when they're here. I must admit, like, the young boys are very, I feel like they put their head down when all the girls walk past. That's <laughs> really funny. But um, the older ones are now starting to come around a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. What about the women's, the footy team? You've had a little bit to do with them in the early days before you got hurt. But, yeah, they're different again, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think the the women's program, it was thrust upon them really quickly to all of a sudden become high-performance athletes. And, um I've seen a real shift in the last couple of years, especially with Al being at the helm. I think they have so much respect and trust for Al and that is such a critical part of the puzzle. 
in creating a really good program and I think the girls each year come back fitter and stronger and um, we often look at them and go, oh, my goodness, I can't believe how far they run and how much, you know, they're doing out on the field. We wouldn't be able to do that. So um, we have, yeah, immense respect for the girls and having to also do work on the side is also a really tough part of being an elite athlete and we were there um we're still there in certain parts with certain uh, athletes in our program but we've sort of now shifted to the further end where it's um you know some of the girls can actually make a living off this and we're very fortunate in that and I can't wait for when AFL women's able to do the same yeah has it been interesting to see the publicity it's it's got like people outside sports say oh what would what would all these other female athletes be thinking like football just waltzes in and and gets all this attention it's (laughs) It's actually the best and um I've got a couple of netball businesses on the side and we often look at the women's AFL and just think what an incredible way to be able to yeah yeah it was thrust upon them really quickly and they had to learn very quickly how to um manage win loss injuries sickness um you know juggling uh, like I don't know any other sport that would have been able to do that without the pathways yep. that every other sport has. Um, so I really take my hat off to them for that. And I also, I think it's a great opportunity for other sports to go, hey, hold on a second, we have to become a little bit more savvy with the way we do things. Yep. And netball has led the way for so many years um, that it's a really good, I, I think it's a really a, te- a testament to what netballers have done previously but um in being able to create the space of you know netball's going in the right direction hey women's sport let's try and you know get on board but I think it's possibly the best thing that will happen for netball that other sports are really starting to you know jump up Time for a quick break on the Leaders podcast to talk about Giants of Business. This exciting new project is part of the Giants commercial program, focusing on making connections and business referrals across the Giants corporate partner network. The Giants have a strong portfolio of blue chip corporate and community partners, with this program making it easier to connect than ever before. Through a range of events and strategic introductions, the Giants of Business program is an opportunity not to be missed. For more information, contact Anthony Butler. His details are available in the description of this podcast. Now back to the leaders. What about the next sort of generation of leaders for you? And was there a point where you started to become Oh, more aware, I guess, or just started to notice qualities in other players that you thought, yeah, they're going to be the next ones. Yep, all the time, constantly, um, daily almost. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got really great girls in our team. We, um, I think with Jules at the, the helm, we we don't have rat bags in our team, although I was a rat bag. Um yeah, that's not a quality that we look for in our team. Um, and so all of our girls that are in our team have got leadership qualities that I often think far out. I can't wait to see them grow up a little bit more and see where that goes. Um, I think the main thing for us as leaders, our um, 
I guess what we have to give back as leaders is allowing those girls to continue to grow um, and also remember that we don't know it all as older players. I think that is one thing that I've learned along the way that it's really important to be able to allow the youth to come through, um, give give what they need to give within a, a training session or off the court um, to also feel a part of it but also strengthen their leadership. So, yeah, uh, yeah daily I see it <laughs> and it's very, very cool. Yeah. Did you think you would like know it all? No, I don't mean that in a bad way. But no. when you started, did you think you would – there would be a point in time in your career where you'd seen it all, you'd experienced everything, you you knew how to handle every situation? Uh, no. And then you find out otherwise? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, no, oh, well, I've definitely made a few bad turns um, and I've learned so much from those and um, I would never take them back because like – I made some really big boo-boos, like very bad. Um, but, like, that's all part of it. That's all part of learning how to lead. My first one was um, I was trying to be someone I wasn't. I, You know, I was always led by great leaders, Liz Ellis, Kath Cox, um, and their way of leadership is very different, but it's a very strong leader and, um, you know, when anything was to go wrong, I always went to them. And I felt like I had to be that person really early. I was thrown into leadership very early um, and I wasn't quite ready. So I had to learn very quickly because I lost the respect of the team, essentially because they were like, that's not you, Kim. What happened? uh, It's interesting. I just thought I had to be like the voice all the time and, you know, the one that stood up and people see straight through that. And like to be – I was only 20, 21 at the time. Okay, yeah. Um, and most of the players were older than me. So I was like really trying over and above <laughs> yep. to be that really good leader, but it wasn't me at all. So You're still figuring out what it is at that age as well, I suppose. Absolutely. But I was also figuring out who I was as a player, yeah. let alone a, a leader. Person. Yeah. yeah. Like I was it was a um it was really interesting when I talked to um other people in different like like in the business sector or it could be anywhere and they talk about leadership and mentoring and things like that the one thing I always say is if you're going to throw someone in the deep end make sure you're there to mentor them through it yeah because it's a hard time it's a hard shift and you have to be able to act on your feet really quickly and people look to you to have all the answers but if you're not genuine in what you're doing and you're almost being someone else um, they see straight through it and they go a different way anyway. Yeah. So, um, and you've seen it. I, I don't know if you've seen it, but I've seen it many a times with leaders that have been thrown in the deep end, no support, and they're like, oh, they were a bad captain, and they get rid of them. Well, they actually weren't a bad captain. No one was there to help them. Yeah. So, yep. um, yeah, I've learned a lot about my what I'm strong at. and We have to be able to say, I don't know. or Yeah, and I'm going to stuff up. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to stuff up here and there, so I need your help. So... Um, I'm just lucky that for my weaknesses, I've got some really good leaders around me that pick up the slack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about what about when you were injured in that first year and you mm. had to sit and watch and and play your role? I guess from the the sidelines while grappling with yeah, like a major major injury late ish in your career. Yeah. Um, how was that year? Uh, that was a it was a tough year, but it was also a really um productive year for me I um when I went down it was interesting the first thing I did 
I had a few messages um, from people saying, hope it's okay. But I looked at Twitter. I shouldn't have looked, but I did. Um, and someone tweeted me saying, oh, Green's gone down with a knee injury. There goes her career. And I just thought to myself on the way home, I was just like laying in the back seat with all the ice on, with a coffee in hand, of course. Of course. Um, and I just thought to myself, like, I can't finish this way and I don't want to finish this way. And I feel like I had had the best preseason, but I also felt such um, a strong belonging to this club and I could not have left feeling that I hadn't finished what I needed to do here. So um, as much as it was tough and it, like it was a long journey, I had a few issues with my hamstring, it just never grew back. So sort of had to work my way around that but and that took a while but I think all in all there was always just looking forward and what was to come next but I had my best friend but also my business partner fly up to be my replacement player in Sarah Wall so she lived with me she looked after me um bless my husband looked after me as well (laughs) but Sarah had done two knees before so she's like stop lay back down. I've got the, so she was she there. She knew to, what it was all about. Absolutely. And she knew when I was pushing too hard. Um, so the day after my surgery, I went straight into training. Um, I didn't have any pain. So I was like, yeah, I got off the drugs pretty quickly, but um, just sat there and the next day, watched the game, watched the girls play. And I knew that if I didn't go to every training session or I wasn't there for most of it, that I would become that person that was injured. Mm. And that's all anyone had anything to talk to me about was my knee and how, how's, how's it knee? going? Oh, like, how's it feel? And I'm like, I don't want to be that person because I hate talking about injuries. So yeah. I knew if I came to training every day and I just like poked every single person about what they're doing in their outside life, they eventually had to ask me about things outside of netball. So I became the person that was annoying not the person that was um, injured. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, maintain that connection with, with the players, yeah. Because you can kind of, yeah, you can drift off, as you said, and just be that person who's over there doing rehab. Yeah, and it's a catch-22. So if you don't invest in the others, like you're going to have to work a little bit. I had to work a little bit harder in connecting with the girls, which I knew I had to do. But also they came back yeah, not asking about the injury and asking me as a person, like, oh, what'd you do on the weekend? Or, um, And that was important for my rehab, that people weren't continuously asking about my knee because I think I would have... Gone crazy? Gone crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want that. No, <laughs> definitely not. Julie does not need that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the other thing, I suppose. Like, you'd come over and, yeah, she was still there and she still needed you to, yeah. to be doing the things that she got you for even though you couldn't actually get out there yeah and I think um you know Jules really said that as our first year um as this club it was really important for me to be around the group and continue to build what we essentially had um started at the beginning of the year so I was on the sideline commentating and coaching at the same time so she allowed that to happen which was really nice of her but I would travel with the girls um just to be there as another ear or another voice if needed, um, just to help them out. Yeah. Mm. And do you feel like when you do, when it does end, when you do finish up, yeah, you're going to leave this team in a, in a good spot? Is that something that's important to you? That, Absolutely. Yeah, that when Absolutely. you're gone it, it sort of carries on? And I think even uh, this year for our girls we've got a brand new group of young um, giants coming through and um, we've taken this opportunity to reassess what's worked 
in the last two years, but also now um, streamline where we want to go. And uh, right now, it could mean premierships. It may not mean premierships, but it means we're creating a culture where people want to be a part of this and it's very hard to get in. And that's what we want. Must have been fun. Like to go, you went into the Swifts obviously when you were very young, but that culture was set and you, I suppose, had to to find your way to fit into that. Yeah. But it must have been so much fun just to have a new team come together and be able to create that. It was the best decision I made. I, um, I sort of felt the, uh, like I couldn't do anything more with my leadership um, in that environment and it was I actually was going to retire. That was my plan. And um, Jules does this to me every time, gets me out of retirement. And, um, yeah, so I think to be able to create something with her um, and knowing that her heart's in the perfect space and um, that's what you want that's what you need from a leader is that she allows you to grow she allows you to um create and she doesn't have an ego which is really cool too yeah excellent yeah all right thank you very much kim thanks for having me Thanks for listening to The Leaders. If you're not already a Giants member, head to membership.gwsgiants.com.au to sign up today. There's a package to suit everyone.